everybody. It's Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket, and I want to welcome you back to another episode of our show. Today, I've got the privilege of hosting Adam Jenkins. If the name sounds familiar, that's because we've had him on the podcast previously here for the second time. A little bit about Adam. He's the regional site director for Biolabs a global incubator space with really spaces in the US, Europe, and Asia. He oversees the operations in Massachusetts and helps startups progress through their operational phases. And previously, he worked at Corporate Strategy and the head of data science at Biogen. So if you're a company looking to scale in the biotech space, this is an episode for you. And Adam, so glad that you're with us again. Thanks for joining. No problem. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. So look, a lot has changed since we talked and it's just a very dynamic economy for these startups as well as the investors looking into them. So before we dive into that, because I know that's your sweet spot, help the listeners learn a little bit more about you and why you're in the healthcare space. Yeah. So I've really been in the healthcare space for over a decade now. Started really big at Biogen, you know, working the corporate strategy team, data science, working on, I'll say drugs that are blockbuster drugs, which are much different than kind of the startup culture, but working at something that size, you really start to see what's valuable, what really will drive value down the chain for whether it be the company, the patient, the healthcare system. So you get to see kind of what successes look like, and you get to also see how you do due diligence and what those companies look for in the startups to de-risk those type of investments. So after a little bit of learning kind of what's valuable, what's needed, figured that I really like to kind of impart this type of information for the startups. Moved over to Biolabs about a year ago, and I've loved the change and loved working with the founders, with whether it be first-time founders, with the investors, with the ecosystem in general. So there's a lot to learn. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot changing. It's it's a very, very dynamic place to be. So the nice thing is that they'll always be inventors. They'll always be founders. So hopefully we'll be working on this for a long time. That's awesome, Adam. Yeah. And so it's no secret, right? The largest companies, whether it's biotech, medtech, they depend on this ecosystem of startups to accelerate innovation. And given that you started at one of the big companies, you understand what strategics look for in companies, right? To fast track projects. Tell us how Biolabs fits into that picture. Yeah. So the big thing for the large companies is they're trying to de-risk their investments. Doing it in-house is great, but once you get to a certain size, you don't want success to be one in 20. You need it to be one in four, or you'll just start burning through capital and you'll, you know, it doesn't look good for the investors, the stock price, everyone. It's not what you're looking for. So what Biolabs does is we help de-risk the founders so that they can use the capital for the science, for the people, rather than on the operation. So rather than building out your own lab, having to purchase all the equipment, everything that is, I don't want to say, they're usually capital intensive operationally. We want those founders to focus on just the science, just on their business, and let us handle all of the lab operations, everything that you don't think about as a founder, but is vital to making it work. So for all the science, whether it be green tech, biotech, whoever's in our space, We really want them to just focus on the science and then we'll de-risk them from that point of view so that the investors can say, you know what, they're going to use their capital in a strategic way that we can trust and that they don't have to worry about kind of those unknowns popping up. Hey, that's really great, man. As founders of businesses and you're listening to this, you know how many things you have to worry about in your business. You know, there's finance, there's operations, there's the science, there's the sales, there's the marketing. Why throw a bunch of cash away? trying to figure things out when 
You could work with a partner like Biolab. So talk to us about how those relationships work and how people can engage with you guys, Adam. Like as a startup, number one, how could we engage with you? And then also from a strategic standpoint, like if you're a large pharma company looking to engage, is that something you guys do as well? So from a startup stage, we talk to hundreds of startups, hundreds of founders every single year to say, what do you need partially so we can know how to support them? And then as a company, we have to evolve as you know, the ecosystem evolves as well. The science that we're going to see two, three, four years down the line, we don't know what it's going to look like. So we have to kind of understand and see that coming so we can make any changes that we need to as well. So startups always reach out to us, you know, anyone in the company, you know, is, is a great starting point. From a large, you know, biotech company, we sponsor golden tickets where they can have access to the sites across. So we have over 200 companies right now incubating in our spaces. They can sponsor a lab bench for a company that they think is promising, you know, whether it be a golden ticket or just be a sponsor of the sites to have access to all of them. So there are multiple different ways that both the startup community and the larger biotech pharma community can, uh, can interact with us. That's great. You also have a marketplace. Tell me more about that. Is that kind of like a GPO or how does that work? Yeah. So our marketplace, one thing that we start to saw is that procurement is a vastly difficult thing for a startup to do. Anyone who's ever been in this space has drowned in the purchase order and the requisition forms. What our marketplace aims to do is to really simplify that task of ordering things that aren't simple to order, such as chemicals, such as things that are controlled substances, things along those lines. So when companies come on, that's just one of those benefits that they can have to have that marketplace, have the ability to really hit the ground running day one. We see a lot of companies, especially in the biotech space, the first six months are almost dead times when they start their business and build out their own space. So when companies come to Biolabs, we want day one, five bets in hand, really start to working so that they can, like I said, use that capital in a strategic fashion and not burn it. You know, if you only have two months of runway, there's no use in running in burning six months just to get going. Love that. Yeah, for sure. Look, it sounds like you guys have some really great resources and a community that you're putting together to help these biotech startups. Let's talk about the investment community. You know, how's funding looking for biotechs and healthcare? What's changing and what do people need to be thinking about? Yeah, I mean, there's no way getting around it. The last 12, 24 months has been a large inflection point, has been difficult for a lot of startups, especially those who are in the process of raising Series A seed funding. The amount of funding has drastically reduced from back to 2017, 2018 levels in, the, in our ecosystem. What that means, it doesn't mean that people aren't getting funded. It's just that you really have to be buttoned up in, in your pitch. I'll say those first-time founders who were getting funded prior with, I don't want to say weak stories or you know, kind of that the weak storyline that they were going into to those VCs, where the founders used to have the upper hand because VCs would have to make a very quick choice of whether to fund or not because they're going against other VCs. Now the VCs and the venture firms have the upper hand where they can take the time, they can really do their due diligence. So the process takes a little bit longer now. What that means is that companies, especially founders, I think that a lot of them get enamored by the fact that you have to be VC-backed to really be a founder and have a company. When I recommend to every single company, do those non-diluted of fundings like SBIR grants, things like that, that are for government. Nobody cares where you got your $2 million from if you're doing the work, especially later on, you'll have more equity still in the company, whereas you're, you, know, you wouldn't be losing that via other instruments. So when I talk to founders, I say, now is the time to really be smart with your capital. 
really kind of prolong it as much as possible. The good thing is, is that these funds, the venture capital firms, there were a lot of them that were formed over the last two or three years when money was free. That being said, a lot of that capital has to be dispersed within four years. They can only sit on it for so long. Let's assume that we've been through one or two years in the low times. The next three or four years, they have to use that capital or it's going to be lost more or less. Their LPs won't disperse it. So for right now, you know, I'm saying over the next, you know, I'll say probably about 12 months, I see an opening up of capital again to the VC community, to the founders. So hopefully a little bit of an inflection point the other way. Hey, well, that's good. If we got an opportunity for additional money to drive innovation, let's grab it, folks. And look, there's a lot of nuance here to starting this biotech business from decisions you need to make as a founder where you get your money to how you drive your operations. And honestly, I think there's a great opportunity for anybody listening to this to engage with Biolabs. They're certainly available. What's the best way that people can get in touch with you guys, Adam, for for exploring? Yeah, I mean, so we have sites in most of the major cities across the U.S., so whether it be New York, San Diego, Texas, North Carolina, most of the biotech hubs across the U.S., as well as in Europe now, in Paris, Heidelberg, Berlin, and in Japan. Reaching out to any of those sites directly, there are multiple different vehicles, whether it be phone call, email, you know, whatever. The next thing about Biolabs is we're a relatively lean company. So you can get to whoever you need to pretty much with a single email as well. Of course, you can find us. Yeah, we're very much you know, one phone call company, one email. That's company. awesome, man. So as soon as you get in touch with us, we can usually have that conversation within a couple of days. So again, getting everything done quickly. We don't try and prolong things too long. Listen, that's music to any founder's ears. So thank you for letting us know the accessibility. And so if they want to get in touch, do they just go to biolabs.io and find a place to connect there? Or what what would you suggest is the best way? Yeah, so biolabs.io, great place to start, kind of get a feel for all the sites, all of our offerings, what we look for, who all of our partners and vendors are. And then as well, you can either reach out to any of the site directors or anyone directly via LinkedIn, or just a general inquiry through that main page will, will make its way to us. Beautiful. Well, look, Adam, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for jumping on to share more about the work that you and Biolabs is up to. Looking forward to staying in touch, my friend. Of course. Thanks for having me back, Saul. 